The world has been full of limits and conditions, stripping our power away, box after box, dimming our light, hiding our truth and forgetting who we are. It is time for a soul revolution that starts with us. We get to explore the depths of our own darkness to remember who we are and come back home to our soul, to be whole once again. We get to transform our wounds into soul medicine to heal us all. It is time to shake the foundation and allow the facade to crumble, leaving our true authenticity. It's time to plant the seeds of wisdom, love, and empowerment and watch them all grow. Welcome to the Soul Revolution Tribe. Well, welcome, Haley. I am so excited to have you here and honored to have you on the podcast here and share with us today. I'm so excited to be here. Thank you for having me. No problem. I just, you're like, the first time I heard you speak and connect with you, I was like, she is definitely a soul sister. I've a kindred mm. spirit. I can feel it. And we have such a similar like views of like the journey back home and coming to those pieces. Mm -hmm. And I was like, I have to have her on the podcast. Um, <laughs> <laughs> like it was one of those soul, like, yep, this is happening. And um, <laughs> love it. Yeah. So I wanted to start off by like sharing what is your healing story? Like what, what's the background of get you where you are today? Oh, it's a long story, Jackie. So I'll put it down into a concise, as concise as I can be. <laughs> so I will, who I am now, I'm 32 years old now. And my healing story started when I was about early twenties, you know, 19, 20 years old. Um, when I started noticing that I, my energy was starting to decrease around, yeah, around 19, 20 years old. And I was starting to experience a little bit of pain in my body and I was, I was just a little bit like, hmm, you know, what's going on here? Because I'd always been such a high energy person my whole life, just ridiculously high energy. I'm one of those people that you'd see bouncing off the walls. And um, I took a lot of my identity from that as well. And so as my energy started to go down and I was starting to find myself in pain, that's the first time when I started questioning like, hmm. <gasps> What, what's happening and I started getting worried but what ended up happening was over the next five years six years from there I just slowly and slowly and slowly starting declining more and more and more and more of my body was getting in pain I was getting more and more tired um, and at this time I was a full-time primary school teacher and so I was just pushing through you know I you know when you just like oh I can just push through Absolutely. I can just push through and I kept doing that until one day I could not keep pushing through anymore. I'd gotten to the point where my whole body was shutting down. I um I couldn't stand up anymore and I was having to wheel myself around the classroom because my feet were so swollen and I couldn't digest anything. I was down to about three different foods that I could eat and like my head was leaking all of this lymph fluid. I was covered in rashes and I was blowing up in pain and um, I just had to stop. And overnight I sort of went from pushing through to, okay, I actually can't get out of bed anymore. And I spent the next eight months um, bedridden and I couldn't do anything. I had lost absolutely all of my energy and, and all of my organs started shutting down, which was a pretty scary, horrible experience um, because I was going to every specialist around and no one could tell me what was wrong with me. Um, and it was a really scary time. And amongst all of that, the worst thing that happened was I lost all sense of self. And this was the big catalyst for, for my inner healing journey because I thought I knew who I was. I thought that I had a rock solid identity. And if someone said, who's Haley? I could be like, yes, this is who I am. This is who I am. But I would have rattled off everything I do and actually nothing about who I truly am. And so I came to this realization that I had no clue who I truly was and that I'd placed all of my worth and all of my identity in external things, in my job, in my achievements, in what I looked like, in being oh, a wife and being this, you know, all of these labels. And when those were taken away from me, I lost it internally. So, I mean, my physical body had shut down, but then mentally I started shutting down as well. And I found myself in just such heightened anxiety, 
had nothing to grip onto. I felt like I was just going whirl away and I was going to cease to exist. And it was a very, very dark time of my life, especially in those few years where I was just getting thrown around from all these specialists trying to figure out what's what's wrong with this girl. Why is, why is her body shutting down? And it was in that time when I really felt like I wanted to give up and I was just like, you know, what's the point anymore? I'm just in so much pain all the time. I'm so tired and I don't know who I am. And I just had this urge, this tiny, like I had this little bit of strength left right deep in me. And that strength was saying to me, Haley, you need to, you need to find out who you are. Like that's going to be your way to heal, not just your mental body, but your physical body is going to be finding out who you are. And the way that my, my soul was pulling me to do that was to journal and I had never journaled before and I'd never enjoyed writing or anything like that before. And so I was like, mm, that's a bit weird, but I just had this urge to put pen to paper. And so I decided, right, what else am I going to do? Like I was at that point where I was ready to give up. I was like, okay, I'll give this a go. And so I committed to putting pen to paper for five minutes a day to write two sentences. And that's what I did. I started doing that in 2016 and what ended up unfolding from there was just freaking miracle. <laughs> I, through journaling and just deep inner contemplation, I rebuilt my entire identity and I found who I truly was. And I came home to myself and I found my true worth. And, and as I started to take that journey, it reignited me to also have the will and the worth to actually keep putting one foot in front of the other with my physical health journey. And so they sort of unfolded together. And here I am, what are we, seven years later? And um, I am a woman who deeply knows, loves and understands herself, um, whose, whose body isn't still in top shape, but I'm at least 70% better than what I used to be. And so I've been on a wild healing journey and it's been absolutely phenomenal and now it's my my life's work to help other women to do the same that is so potent it's also a beautiful example of how our mind and our body and our emotions and our soul is all connected mm -hmm. so like as you were oh. sharing that it was showing me like your your body was starting to cry out the little signs and then like everyone mm -hmm. does, like you, you have these little mm -hmm. aches and pains and we just brush it off. We, we pop a pill yeah. or put some cream on it or something and just pretend it's not yeah. there. And it's the little subtle cries and they build and they build if you don't address them. Mm -hmm. And we yes. also, I can so resonate of like, we think we know who we are, but really it's like what mm -hmm. the world tells us who we are and we don't yes. turn in and we seek mm -hmm. like our validation from everything around us. But when those mm -hmm. things start shifting, like mm -hmm. we're left alone in the silence and yeah. really we're with a stranger because we never take the time to turn in at that point. Cause we're so busy doing instead of mm -hmm. really being and in, in turning in. And, uh, it's just that, that story of like showing you like how we don't, we're not, when we're not connected to the soul, like how, yeah. how it will, then our body will start crying out. Our mind will start crying out. And we'll, until we hit that, that breaking point, like you're saying. And mm -hmm. I also loved how you said, like some people, uh, are just natural writers. And I get that a lot of times with my clients, like, mm -hmm. like when you give a journal and prep, like, well, I just don't, I just don't like to write. And I love how you shared like just two sentences. I committed to five minutes, five minutes mm -hmm. of just writing. It didn't have to be this beautiful masterpiece where we get stuck in that mm -hmm. perfectionism. Like we, yeah. we don't need to compare it to anything else. We just start mm -hmm. little bits at a time and let it unfold. Mm -hmm. I love Absolutely. that. Absolutely. Cause I knew that I was a, high achiever and I knew that that was part of the problem like <laughs> right from the get-go I was able to identify okay clearly I'm I'm crumbling because I'm not getting any external validation for all of these achievements and so knowing that about myself I'm not going to set myself up to fail by saying I'm going to journal for 30 minutes a day because I was already suffering with a crippling sense of failure. Like I felt like I had failed at life. My body was failing me. My mind had failed me. And so I was like, well, Haley, if you're going to do this, this isn't going to be another thing that you, that you feel like you're failing at. And so I just set the bar so low so that I could feel good about something. And, and you know, some of the extremes, like I'm the same way don't. too, like, the generator and me all or nothing. Like we don't yeah, have to yeah. like dive all the way in the deep end. We can start by putting oh, our toes in and then absolutely. we get that accomplishment in, in connection to ourselves. And the more we connect, the more 
we we tend to dive in at least for me that's how journaling is like when the more Absolutely. I feel connected and whatever some days it flows and I have five mm-hmm. pages some days it's just a few mm-hmm. sentences and that's it Absolutely. whatever, whatever. Yeah. And, I, and sometimes I, I don't feel called to, call, I, I want to connect a different way and there's nothing wrong. Yeah. With that. But I catch myself going yeah. back to that pen and paper or something about that tactile, like connecting that body, mm-hmm. mind and motion and being able to like, just mm-hmm. let it pour out of me too. Absolutely. Like, what do you say to the people that, um, and maybe you can share from personal experience of when you start mm-hmm. journaling and people are like, I don't know how to connect like with, I, with my mind starts like overthinking the process. Mm-hmm. So literally, mm-hmm. how do you get into that intuition and that flow when you write? I really love to suggest to people to start with a little bit of structure just to help them get on their way. So, you know, for someone who's brand new to journaling to just sit down and free write is very intimidating, you know, um, especially for someone like myself who may have never really sat with their own thoughts for longer than a minute in their whole life, you know, and so then to sit down and have a blank page, it's very intimidating. And so I love to, yeah, like to start people just with a little bit of structure. And so, you know, maybe starting with just three points of gratitude with something that you appreciated in the last 24 hours. I like to keep it really specific to help you just drop in to yourself and go, okay, yes, these were three things I appreciated, which you can find even when you're in the shittest times of your life. I'm a testament to that. (laughs) And then I always suggest going into some kind of journal prompt. And so that's a, it's not all I do, but a lot of what I do is offer really potent questions um, for people to, to dive inward. It's, it's really, sort of the foundation of the business that I run. It's asking really potent questions. And so I really encourage people to, you know, find a question and just answer it. You know, I find that questions when asked from other people too can be the most incredible portals into parts of you that you didn't even know existed. Like sometimes it takes the question to be asked for you to even realize that that thing is in there. And so I love to see questions as these catalysts to peel back a layer. And so then when you sit with that question, just seeing what it peels off you, but with no pressure, it's like, if nothing comes, nothing comes. Like there are so many entries in my journal, Jackie, that say, I have no idea what to write today. I feel like a piece of shit. You know, the most important. It's it's that raw truth. That's what I catch myself. like, Like I made this commitment to me and I'm following through because I honor me. Mm -hmm. And so I'm going to write something. And I don't have to overthink it. Like, this is how I'm feeling right now. Absolutely. And the most mad at myself yeah. for even having to sit down and do this, but at the same mm-hmm. point, grateful that I love myself enough to follow through and have that self-discipline. That's the thing, right? That's the thing. And what I always say when it comes to journaling, the most important thing isn't what you write. It's the fact that you showed up yeah. because it's, it's the showing up that is the hardest part. And it's, it's the most important part because it's the, it's the way you create space for magic. And so I really, I see my journaling practice as that I'm showing up and I have created a space. I've created a sacred space where it's just me and me, and I'm cultivating a relationship between me and me because it's the most important relationship you ever have in your life. And I wait and see if there's magic there. Some days there is and some days there's not. But a day when I wrote nothing is just as important as a day that I had flow because it was still me creating the space for the flow to enter. Like that's the most important thing, I think. That honor. Well, and and, and giving ourselves permission because sometimes we don't have the capacity to hold or dive in. Sometimes yeah. we're, just, we're just getting through the day. And that's yep. beautiful and fine. And we all have these ebbs and flows to us mm-hmm. and just saying, it's okay. I don't have the capacity to hold too much space right now for letting it flow. And that's all right. Mm-hmm. Maybe tomorrow will be a different mm-hmm. day, a different chapter. Yeah. And I love how you said yeah. that space with like me and me. And really that's what it is, is like, you don't have to have hours and hours, just like meditation. You don't have to sit mm-hmm. there in hours and just meditate. It's just allowing mm-hmm. that space to say, Hey, I'm coming home to me. Sorry. <laughs> I'm coming home to me and um really just giving that that space to get to know yourself. Just like you would yeah. any other relationship in life. Like mm-hmm. how are you supposed to know who how am I supposed to know who I am if I don't ever spend time with me and ask those questions? Yeah. And then when you were saying yeah. when other people ask those questions, it's it's a beautiful way um of like we source this information to come to us because sometimes the words like the words hit they're potent so the way somebody words Mm -hmm. something 
slightly different. Mm -hmm. It could be the same topic, but slightly different can pull mm -hmm. all these other emotions mm -hmm. and, and memories and mm -hmm. triggers up to the surface for us to, to yeah. face. Absolutely. That's one of the things that often comes up with, with my one-on-one -on -one clients or the women in my membership when there's been like a, a module or a question posed and they go, oh my God, like <laughs> I never, I never thought of it that way or I'd never seen myself that way or something just unlocks. And it's all these little things that they're pieces to the puzzle of you. And I really see um, this practice and it's not just journaling, but it, it's, it's in a contemplation, right? Like when I put pen to paper is just as important when I'm like on a walk and, and just thinking, yeah thinking on certain things, concepts, ideas, and contemplating. And I really see it as this zooming out where you become the observer of your life because when you're in the moment and you're stuck in the emotion, it's like you're looking with blinders on and all you can see is right, what's right in front of you and it doesn't make sense. You're like, I'm overwhelmed. I don't understand. I can't piece it together. But when you zoom out and you look at it from this bigger perspective and you look at, okay, what are my past experiences? How am I feeling now? What am I wanting in the future? And you can see the whole thing. Suddenly, what seemed like just pure chaos before is now like organized chaos. And yes. you go, it all makes sense. And you start putting the pieces together and you go, oh, this is where the peace comes. Could you go, no wonder I'm feeling that way. Or no wonder I have that limiting belief because look at all of this stuff that I experienced in childhood. Look at the way that my mum spoke about her own body or look at the way that this. And you start putting these puzzle pieces together and it's so empowering. It's so liberating because you realize there's nothing wrong with you. Yeah, because this is the thing we think there's something wrong with us, and we need to fix ourselves. We don't. No. There's nothing you're wrong not with broken. you. You're not <laughs> you broken. That's just... what I always say. You're not broken. You just need to come back to your wholeness. Remember your wholeness. Yeah. You're whole right now. Absolutely. And so, as you start to put together all those puzzle pieces, and it starts to make sense, it's just so freeing because when you realize where something came from you realize how you can unravel it because we think that we're just born this way. Like, oh, I've just been born as a person who thinks negatively about myself. And that's just not true. You just picked up behaviors. You were modeled behaviors. You had experiences. You had traumas. And so when you can pinpoint where it came from, you also get to pinpoint where you get to unravel it from and you get to come back home to that wholeness like you speak of, Jackie, and it's just, it's just the most phenomenal experience and you kind of get addicted to it. It's, it's the <laughs> healthiest addiction you'll ever have. Like I'm addicted to finding my own victim patterns. Yeah. Like, I'm like, Ooh, there's one. How can I change that for responsibility? Yeah, and like, and that's exactly um, the responsibility piece that, that is huge yeah. with this whole process is like, mm. okay, now I found where I took this as my truth. I get to take a second and say, do I truly believe this? Do I want to yeah. take this as my truth? Because I create my reality. So do yeah. I want to take this in my truth moving forward? Or do I get mm -hmm. to completely rewrite it? Because no one can do anything to me. I allow yeah. it. So yes. it really, really just stepping back and realizing like, as soon as um, you start journaling, like this happened and this is, this, this is all happening to me and, mm. and stop and going, huh, I realized mm -hmm. that I'm in that victim pattern yeah. storytelling and I can step back and yeah. say, okay, let's shift the perspective. Okay. So that's one. Mm -hmm. lens. And this is what I do with my clients is like, okay, so you're mm -hmm. writing from this lens. Now let's look at it from this side or put yourself in that yeah. person that you're mad at shoes. What would they be saying? Yeah. What is their, yes. story? Oh. how is their view of Perspective. It? And it? And it's just mind blowing. Cause you're like, Oh, yeah. I didn't realize that. Yeah. Like I didn't, I didn't. Absolutely. Think about we, we think that there's only one way to look at things. Right. <laughs> and we think that there's one set of glasses to look at the world through. And then we realize there's infinite perspectives. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and then we go, Oh, if I don't like the way I'm feeling by looking at it this way, I need to change the way I'm looking at it because that's where, that's where the power lies. Right. Mm -hmm. our, we can't control the circumstances. We can't control other people. What we can control is our own perspective. Yes. Our own response and, to the situations. Absolutely. And, when we get triggered, and, and for me, I'm, I'm, I'm like that, that weirdo, you can say like, when I get triggered, I celebrate because that means yes. I, I found another aspect of myself that I get to go in and I can lean into and love on yeah. and see that I didn't yes. realize that was there at that point. And that's why it's coming out to be surfaced. Just yes, it's almost absolutely. like, I don't know if you've ever played it. I have kids, I have three boys. So um, that googly eye game where you put the different lenses in and then you have to draw a picture. That's kind of like, oh, like nice. what popped in my head with this, this 
they're like they're oh different like, thickness of glasses and it like warps it warps your like vision and so you're trying ah. to like do this and then they're trying to guess but that's that's literally how I feel like in this moment of sometimes we're looking yes. through and we think we have this clear vision until yeah. we start moving the lenses and switching them out and to realize like whoa I was looking at mm-hmm. this completely different than than what I could mm-hmm. be and do I want to yeah. step into that possibility or do I want to yeah. keep in the the familiar the stuck which I'm not, yeah. I'm not, com- I'm, I mean, I, this is not where I want to be. And growth yeah. means you get to shift and look in different mm-hmm. places. So then you see those opportunities. Yes, absolutely. Like it's just so juicy, isn't it? And it's, <laughs> this is all just about co-creation. And I think that that was one of my real big realizations early on in my journey was like, oh, I have a part to play in this. This isn't happening to me. I co-created this like yes there were environmental factors and other factors that I didn't have control over at the time but still I had to take radical responsibility for where my physical health was at where my mental health was at in order to actually rewrite my story because if I remained this person who said this is just happening to me I was never going to get out I would just remain stuck like you have to change the conversation what is it self self self-fulfilling prophecy like if yeah. I, if I think that there's nothing better then guess what? There's going to be nothing better. Cause that's the view that I'm looking through. Those are the yes. program lenses that I put on of the world. Yeah. And what yeah. we, what we think is what we, we create our brain yeah. is, is amazing like that. It's going to send us truths yeah. and confirmations all the time. Like that's, that's what its job is. So if I yeah. say life is so hard, I'm in a crappy place. I feel like crap. Mm-hmm. Guess what? Then the universe goes, oh, okay. If that's what you, if that's what we're co-creating today, I'll give you more opportunities. To feel that way. Yeah. So yeah. it's like our words and our intentions, we don't realize how powerful and potent we are as beings. Mm-hmm. And it's taking mm-hmm. our power back and mm-hmm. seeing, like, okay. So, and, and when I do journaling, it, it's not like a shame thing. So some people are like, oh, I can't believe I did that or I allowed that to happen. It's, mm-hmm. it's not that, it's a learning lesson. And yeah. I think that's where society like gets, us, gets it wrong. Like when we go through school, we're like, oh, nope, you did, you did this wrong. And, mm-hmm. and you get a, a check versus, versus like, Oh, you made a mistake. It's a, it's an opportunity to learn. Yay. Let's go because you yeah. can't learn anything without making mistakes first to get there. Yes. No one wakes up perfect and can do everything yeah. with, without flaw every day. Like that's just yeah. not how we grow and no. allowing ourselves to make those mistakes and celebrate those mistakes along the way. Mm-hmm. Oh, I love that so much. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> oh, I could talk about this for hours. <laughs> <laughs> Me too. <laughs> Was there any other um, different healing tools that really helped you along your journey besides the journaling or different aspects of the journaling um, that you could yeah, share? With yeah, people? I guess I I didn't do that many other things because I didn't want to spread myself too thin or again, set the bar too high. And I think it was more me knowing the kind of person I am. If I said, okay, I'm going to journal and meditate and do breath work and do this, I would just yeah, be exhausted. And so I, I kept or it simple, but I really... so I'm going to jump one thing to one and you don't really allow yourself yes. integration time. Absolutely. Yeah. And so like, I just held space for my, my practice to expand. And so over the first year of of starting this journaling practice, it expanded from five minutes to about 60 minutes where it was like this dedicated time where I would come and I wouldn't just journal, but I'd really drop in. Like I'd play my favorite. It really turned into a ritual. It started as a habit and I formed it into a ritual where then like these days, my ritual every morning contains a ceremonial cacao. I pull a card. I light a candle. I just sit with myself. I listen to my favorite music. I write a little bit. You know, I just really expanded the space that I was holding for myself and then really taking that into my day. That was the biggest thing because the healing really happens the moment you close your journal. And so just really, I started utilizing my journal to set myself up for my day where I was setting these intentions about the lens at which I would look at things through and setting myself up to just really see things in a different light and Something I had to practice a lot of was gentleness. I had to practice a lot of 
learning to rest and just not pushing, like restraining myself because I have this tendency to like go all in on things, just learning to just like, I really had to learn how to live again. And because I spent the, because it's similar to my story of like, we were living kind of what everyone expected of us versus Mm. truly living who we are and what we want to do. And absolutely. Yeah. Cause when you start digging into yourself, you're like, because after I'd spent, I, I took like a year off of work when I was really, really sick. And then I, I was feeling a bit better. And so I went back to teaching and then I got sick again and then I had to take time off and then I got better and I went back to teaching. Then I got sick. And I did that about three or four times until suddenly I was like, maybe this isn't working for me. And maybe, maybe this, this career isn't the right one for my body. And I'm trying to force my body to fit into this mold. How about I create a whole new mold that fits who I am? Like how about I create an entire new life that actually fits for me? And that was very scary from a financial perspective because of, and I think this is, this is another thing I love to talk about and I love to actually bring into the space. It's a conversation we don't have often is that, when when I got sick, obviously we had so many medical bills and we got into a lot of debt, like a lot of debt, credit card debt. And my husband was having to work like 80, 100-hour work weeks just so we could pay like interest on these credit cards. And I'm sitting at home, not able to work. And there was a lot of guilt and shame for me to work through. And so when I came to – and so I kept forcing myself to go back to work because I'm like, oh, my God, I got to provide, I got to provide – And it was this moment when I was like, if I keep doing this, yes, we'll just scrape by financially, but for what cost on me and my life? And so I really had to take that, make that decision for myself that's so hard for us to do and say, you know what, I'm not going back. I'm actually not going to earn an income until I'm actually better, not just better enough to get back to work. Yeah, like, not just to survive because we don't back. want to survive. We want to thrive. Yeah. Absolutely. And so I, I ended up taking off um, like a good two-year chunk that time. And there was like, people would be like, oh, you can't, you can't do that. But we just changed the way we lived. Yeah. So instead of living in an expensive No one can tell rental, you you can't do anything. We can always do it if we, if we set our mind to it. If you have to do it, like you can do anything. We moved out into the country. This was back when we were living in Australia. We live in New Zealand now. We moved out into the country. We lived in this shack (laughs) that was like, you know, you couldn't even use the kitchen cupboards or anything. It was disgusting. But I was like, whatever, because it was free because my husband got a job in the country and it came with housing. So we no longer had rent that we had to pay. And, yes, I didn't get to live this lush life I used to, so I, I stopped doing, you know, I stopped getting my nails done. I didn't get my hair done anymore. I didn't get any, we didn't spend money on anything except for just food. And we went back to basics and I just ate, I pretty much just ate fruit for a year. And, you know, you make it work because we thought we were stuck. And I thought that the only option was that I had to keep pushing myself. And then I was like, well, you know what? Life actually doesn't have to look like this. We don't have to be earning a dual income and paying for this expensive rental and, you know, doing all of these things and going out for dinners. We can actually move and change our entire lifestyle to give me space to heal because we knew that by me fully healing, that's when we would truly have the life that we wanted. And we're experiencing the fruits of that now. And it was from my time off that I took where I was just no pressure. There was no pressure on me to go back. And because there was no pressure, I could really dig in and I really held space for myself. I went deep. And that's when I started doing like all the breath work stuff. And I was, I was sleeping for 18 hours a day. And I was, I did a fruit fast for like 90 days and just started purging shit out of my body. And it was through that time that then I'd uncovered enough of myself that I realized that soulful journaling, which is my business now, was what I wanted to create. And so it actually cleared the way and I started my business two years ago. And now we're in a position where, you know, this month I earned more than my full-time teaching income. You but would. I've created this life where I get to 
I still get to rest a lot and I, I, I get to work around myself and, you know, and we've changed the way we live completely. Like we're living in our in-laws right now, but we actually live in a bus and um, we're building a second one at the moment and we just, we're going to be traveling full time. Like we live more of a nomadic life because it, you know, you yeah, don't have to life live. on your terms. It's your Absolutely. terms, however you want. And guess what? Absolutely. You can change that at any point because mm-hmm. you're in control. Absolutely. And, you know, for, for other people, their perfect life will be working the full-time job, yeah. will be in the expense of us. And that's great because if that's what you're meant to have, when you really drop into yourself, it will take you that way. Absolutely. You know, but we don't, you know, I didn't even know what I wanted. I thought that I wanted to live in the big fancy house. I thought that I wanted all of the fancy things, but it turns out that my ultimate happiness was living in a 19 square meter bus with you know, minimal things and just so freaking happy. And that's that's truly the life that I want. But I didn't know that until I dug into myself, you know, like people from my past would look at me now and be like, oh, my gosh, we would never expect that of Haley." But that's because I was always living to what I thought that other people wanted me to be. And so now I live a, a quite an unorthodox life. And my husband's got one more year left of work and he's quitting and he's going the nomadic life too. Um, And it's just so exciting. But that's that becomes the path when you start digging into yourself because when you create home in you, you're at home no matter where you are, you know, no matter where you are. I moved country last year. I moved away from my family. I'm very close with my sisters and I thought that it would be the hardest thing I ever did. But. Even obviously I love them so much, but I'm okay because home's in me. I used to say home's where the heart is, yeah. but no, because you're still putting it outside of you. Yep. Home is in me. No matter where I am is where I'm home and I always feel at home. And I think that's the biggest blessing we can ever have in this life. Yes, no matter the circumstances. Really happy if you create your own happiness and it's coming from inside of you and not relying on anything else. I love that. Absolutely. Like... You know, we're living at my in-laws' house at the moment. I'm in a tiny little room with my two dogs and all my bits. Like my desk is just like this fold-out card table and I'm thriving. Like I'm so happy. (laughs) You know? There's nothing nothing more. One of my my dogs is about to throw up, so I need to (laughs) let him outside. That's okay. Sorry. No, no, that's real life. We might have to edit that one out. I called Stephen having a little bit of a spew. <laughs> oh, that's just that's just divine timing in real life. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's the it comes back to the allowing yourself space to step back so mm-hmm. you can truly move forward. Otherwise, you're yeah. just spinning. You can spin, yes. but you're gonna get dizzy and it's gonna be overwhelming, mm-hmm. and you're still not mm-hmm. moving forward. Where you can yes. step back, take that time and space to be still, to collect yeah. yourself and really see yeah. and tap into like, what do I truly want? Yes. Not what I think I should want. Like, what do I want yeah. to say? If I, everything was stripped away, what really lights me up and yeah. going for that and, and yes. like throwing the rule book out the window. Like I grew up mm-hmm. as like the good girl that had to follow all the things and, and be all the things. So everyone could be happy, like a perfectionist people pleaser to the max. And until I realized, like, I don't have to, like, it was like that secret rebellion, though. (laughs) Like, like, Mm. you want to rebel inside, but you never would, like, allow yourself until I realized that the rule book doesn't have to be the rule book. Who makes the rule? Who says that that, that's how it has to be? Until I then started taking all of my own power back and my own understanding of the world. Mm. But that doesn't happen unless you turn in and allow it. Otherwise, you're going to get stuck in the rat race and you're running on the hamster Mm -hmm. And it takes a lot of courage to to take that step back. And I had it took me like maybe four or five times to fully do it. And it's like I was waiting for the permission from someone else. And I actually I did have to wait for that. And I wish that I didn't. But now I love that I can teach other women that they don't have to wait. But it's like I was waiting. So each time I did step back from work, it was my husband who said, Haley 
you need to stop. And he said, Haley, you are not going back to work. And I remember when he said that to me, I just broke down because I, I so badly didn't want to go back and I knew that I couldn't. But I was still putting this pressure on myself because it's hard, right? It's so hard. And we put to... it on ourselves. Like when we it do. sounds like you have a very supportive partner, just like my husband. Mm. And mm-hmm. everyone like assumes like, oh no, your partner's not supportive. And I always mm-hmm. laughed because I was like, no, he's my biggest support system. I'm I get in my own yeah. way. He doesn't get in my way. Yeah. <laughs> like he he no. tells me all the things that I need to hear. It's just whether I choose yeah. to receive it and allow that space to grow and say. It's okay. It's okay. Things that things look yeah. like they're falling apart because they have to crumble in order for yeah. to really, truly arise. Like that Phoenix energy of, of like rising from the ashes of my true essence of the true life that I get to live mm-hmm. instead of living the stakes yeah. bad and you're walking on eggshells and you're trying to keep it all together. Like that's exhausting. Absolutely. Exhausting. Absolutely. There's nothing more freeing oh, and I- you unapologetically and not worrying what anyone else thinks because it's their opinion. It's not my job to worry about what everyone else thinks of my life. It's to make me happy and live the best life I can. Absolutely. And I tell you what, don't our partners love it when we do dig in? Yes. (laughs) Because then we, we become this backbone like Mm -hmm. the feminine the the yin is is the backbone like the yin comes first and so like I had to go into my cave I had to go into that void and find the light in the void and and now I get to become so much more of a backbone in in my relationship whereas before like Bevan my husband he carried me like fireman carrying like a person out of a fire he carried me for about six years and now we've come into this beautiful partnership but unless I let him carry me that's the thing I had to let him carry me And I think that often for us as women, it's hard to let our partner carry us, but it's actually what they want to do. And that's what, that's what the masculine does. It holds safe space. And so like, I had to let him hold that safe space for me and surrender into that safe space and be like, all right, he's holding it. I'm, I'm going in. And yeah, a beautiful dance. And so now that he he held that space for me, I'm now the one in our partnership that really brings that feminine energy of birthing new things. And I'm the vision caster and I'm the, you know, I'm the one that brings, he brings the structure and makes it happen, you know. But if I never took that time, if I never stepped into the courage to really step back out of my life because I was trying to live in the masculine too much and do, do, do. Yep. If I never took that time, I would just be, he'd still be carrying me, but I'd be fighting it. Yeah, absolutely. You know what I mean? And screaming versus just relaxing and making his job easier too. And it's the beautiful, like that's the, as you're seeing, like I can feel the energy, like dancing of like, like at this stage of life, he was holding and supporting you and the feminine was leaning back in. And then Mm. there's times like when he, you said he has about a year left of whatever, and you're going to hold space for him to find this new chapter of his life. And it's it's back and forth. It's kind of like, people think that the masculine has to be always a strong protector. But if you think of like Mm. a lion and a lioness, there's times that that Mm. lioness is just as protective of her, her partner as vice versa. And yeah. that beautiful dance and like that, that connection in those pieces yeah. of really being there yeah. for support for each other and allowing yeah. that. And we have to be framework. patient with that. Yeah. You know, sometimes we want to see that all in a day. We think like, okay, to be in the dance means like he can hold it, but I can hold it. And it's like, I had to let him hold it for years. And, but then there's, you can have this fear of like, <gasps> but like, we think that that then means what our whole life's going to look like. But I just had this deep trust that if I just let this happen for as long as it needs to happen, there will be a time when I rise again. And the time is now, like I've, I've risen back <laughs> up and, and now, now I get to hold that. But if I subscribed to that fear early on, I never would have got to hear. I never would have got to the rising. I would have just kept squashing myself back down, you know, like, so to journey home to yourself is really to go directly into your fears. Like that's where home is. Leaning into you that have... space. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You absolutely have to. Um, I've just got to go let the dogs back in that's now because <laughs> it's raining oh, no, and they're probably going to be soaking wet. 
I'm so sorry, Jackie. Yeah. You're fine. You're fine. The dogs are just running around goes. outside in the rain. <laughs> <laughs> no. Well, and I think you said it exactly. It's like that, not only dance between the masculine and feminine, but the dance with the fear and, and leaning yes. into that, leaning into those scary moments and mm. saying, okay, this is stretching me, obviously, out of that, that familiar zone. But why? What is the lesson to learn? What is, what is truly under that fear? at the end of the day Ooh. and, Ooh. <laughs> and really, really like allowing yourself the space to truly feel it. Cause we're, we're so yes. trained of the not feeling our emotions or cutting them short. Like for me, yeah. I would allow myself space to feel a little bit, but then I'm like, Oh, nope, you're, you're the strong one. Rain it back in. Like, okay, yeah. you had enough. Like <laughs> we, we've got to keep yeah. go, go, go do, do, do. Yeah. And really yeah. stepping back and learning how to, truly allow space for my emotions and knowing that it's mm -hmm. not just a one and done process. The healing journey is no. a spiral. You always come back and each time mm -hmm. it will get easier and easier. It, for lack mm -hmm. of a better word, it's like the less, the less, um, potent, like not potent, like, like the less the charge the the mm -hmm. situation will be because you've made peace and you've created harmony. So it's not a sting. It's more like electrifying. That that electric yes. good feeling versus the burn sting um of the trigger. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. And like I I learned that in avoiding my fear and avoiding going there, I was actually avoiding my genius and I was avoiding my destiny because it was in my fears that my truest gifts lay. Like it's in your shadows that your gifts are. Like if you throw out the shadow, you also throw out your gifts. Yeah. And so like having to just turn around and go directly in is the only way. Like you have to go to the bottom of the deep, dark well yes. first to truly know your essence, to truly ignite and, and electrify, like you said, your being it's the only way and until we truly face those fears and it's like mm, that's a never-ending that's a never-ending thing right because there's always going to be something but in, until we face those really major ones we really don't know we don't know who we truly are we don't know what we're destined to do we, we don't know what super, our gifts superficial are life like because we've only scraped the surface of ourselves. Yeah. We, we have to remember that our inner territory is what maps our outer territory. We yeah. create with, as within, so without. And mm -hmm. so the deeper we go, the more rich life we get to live as well. Yeah. Because it's the same same philosophy. Um, mm -hmm. So really allowing ourselves that space to go in. And it's not always, quote unquote, easy, but no. uh, it's most fulfilling. Yeah. To know. And it's nothing better it's to know simple. yourself. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Never, never easy, but always simple. You know, it's like, I, I say this thing, um, in my community where I tell them to invite fear in for a cup of tea, yeah. you know, and realizing that it's not that scary and it's not going away either. I think that's the biggest thing with fear. Like we feel like, okay, if I just dive into it enough, I'll extinguish it. Like if I just, or if I run from it fast it's enough. part of you. <laughs> exactly. It, it's going to be there. It's going to be there every day for the rest of your life. And so are you going to just spend the rest of your life biting and avoiding it? And that is exhausting. Or can you just invite her in for a cuppa? Get to know one another and see what beauty lays in her. Absolutely. Because like, do you want to so fight much. and resist or do you want to surrender? And it, 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 like the imagery that comes to mind is like, there's no such thing as fearless because fear is always going to be a part of our, our life. That's how, that's how we are grow. And mm -hmm. so instead of just like not doing something and holding it back, like I have a fear of heights. So I just think of like jumping, jumping Me like, too. Off a, like a waterfall or like whatever the, the, yeah. the what is it called? Cave? No cliff jumping or whatever like yeah, in the water yeah, base jumping general and junkie and he's always doing that but mine too mind is like do you just say nope i'm not gonna do it and and let the fear hold back or do you say okay fear take my hand let's do this together and we're mm -hmm. gonna create a whole new experience what's mm -hmm. the worst that could happen this is truly living <laughs> yes 
It is truly living. And oh, I mean, I'm absolutely crippling afraid of heights as well, Jackie. And so look, I don't know if I'll ever be living from the from the absolute top of somewhere high, but I will live here on the ground. I will live yes. harder. And it's and it's just stretching those limits of those fears. Yeah. Like that's the thing. Like, like for me, that's that's a beautiful journey in its own. Like I like I said, mm-hmm. I'm afraid of uh, heights and I could have I've always had this dream of seeing like the Mayan temples and things. And on our mm. honeymoon, we went and we actually did this tour and we were at this Mayan temple and it's made of slippery limestone and it's quite high. Mm. And I was there mm. and instantly a part of me was like, well, we can't do this. Like, we, like it had a, it was so steep. It had a rope that you had to like hold the client oh. up so you didn't slide. And, and I was like, I just told my husband, like, here, take the camera and take pictures. And he looked at me and this is how we co like co-create and divine partnership. Like, he's like, he's like, I am not letting you sit here and miss out on something that you've wanted for so long out of fear. So guess what? Well, I'll take your hand and we'll go step by step. It was like, it was like my physical representation of my relationship with fear. And, and that's how it is like going through that. And then I ended up zip lining. I repelled, which was the scariest thing, Uh, the coolest thing I have ever done in my life. Oh my God. (laughs) Like there's nothing like holding in your hands. Like that's, they, they like kind yeah. of conned me into to doing it. Cause I was like, I don't know if I can do this. And then it's like out there and like, well, now you have no choice. Like you have to lower yourself down. <laughs> There's no going back. Yeah. Um, but it's so beautiful at the same time. Like ziplining yes. is one of my favorite things to do once you get over the, wow. the, okay, yes, I'm very high up and whatever, but like, look at from this viewpoint of what I get to gather and see and experience all this beauty mm-hmm. and joy. And that's, that's what I yeah. consider like the relationship with fear. Like you, you're, you're scared and you do it anyway. Cause you have the nudge, yeah. you have that soul nudge. It's there for a reason. Mm-hmm. So you say, okay, mm-hmm. fear, let's do this together. Like it's, it'll be okay. Yeah, <laughs> Absolutely. It's learning to trust in that intuition, you know, because if you have the pull to do it, it's because it's meant for you. You know, if you come up against a fear and you absolutely have no pull to want to go there, it's okay. Like maybe yeah. next time it comes around, you'll have a pull. It doesn't mean that you have to dive into every single fear you have, but <laughs> to just start to learn to to listen to this quiet, soft voice, you know, of your intuition. And, and something that I found um, to be true for me anyway was that I thought that as my intuition became more in tune that fear would go down but I found that the louder my intuition has gotten the higher the fear gets because as my intuition (laughs) yeah as as my intuition is getting like oh she's taking me down some real destined paths those come with even bigger fears it's like what you want me to do the bigger the risk the bigger the reward (laughs) absolutely and so like yeah, as, as you get deeper into your journey, the fear doesn't get less. It actually gets more. But you have built more self-trust. But you have so the capacity to hold it. it at that space. You do. So even you if do. it's a little fear, it's like you don't have to conquer it in one one sitting. Like you just, yeah. you just like I said, d- dip your toes in and and play the, in the edge and the shallows for a little bit, but still taking steps in mm-hmm. and creating that relationship. And once you do that, you, your capacity to hold space for fear gets bigger and bigger till your intuition speaking loud because you can hold space for yourself. So that in turn means you can hold space for your fear and your spirit can be loud and take up the space that she needs to, to be heard and felt. And you get to say, okay, I hear your side. You hear my side. Now what we can can come to a compromise and a harmony and move together and we can do it scared, but that's okay because we are going to see that, that, that return and Mm -hmm. the value of what we're doing. Absolutely. That uh you're just speaking right to my soul there. But it's built brick by brick, step mm-hmm. by step. You know, when you start this journey, you're standing at the base of a mountain looking up, going, I could never get up the top. But you just look down at your feet and you say, Well, I can take one step. One step. You know, and I may stumble down the hill, just like hiking. Like I may get get my my footing in a little soft area and may slide down a little bit. Yeah. That's okay. Like you're yeah. still you're still moving. Absolutely. Yeah. This is a linear journey. There's no competition of like, so-and-so did it in two years. It -hmm. doesn't matter. It's whatever Mm -hmm. you are living your own journey and it's going to look different. Nobody's journey is going to look the same. You may have resonance with different journeys, but it's Mm -hmm. your timing. 
your life, the way you unfold your patterns. And that's, that's yeah. what I think is the beauty of the, the absolutely yeah I think that's so important like even in in my inside my membership where there's courses and things like that some of the women are like oh no like I'm behind and I'm like there's no such thing you are not behind like just you know maybe one woman's onto the third course and you're still on the first one that does not mean a thing because this is your journey to be taken at your glorious pace because that's where your magic is like there's no such thing as being behind here like there's no such thing as someone's journey that was more potent than another no and your soul calls you to exactly what you need because maybe Mm. that course that she was on she's taking a little longer and that's what her soul needed that's the medicine that was called for in that moment and maybe that that next one really she's going to need in a couple months because something's going to shift in her world and she's ready to up level and that's when she needs that peace and if she would have rushed through she wouldn't have had that support at that moment absolutely it all all lines up it's that divine orchestration of everything Mm -hmm. unfolds the way exactly the way it needs and so we need to stop doubting where we're at right now because there's Mm -hmm. a reason why we're here exactly where we're at right now and what is going through for us Mm -hmm. to evolve in 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 on this journey the next steps it's all it's all supported everything that comes into our life is to help us grow and so like that's my favorite question to ask myself like what's Mm -hmm. the lesson in this what am I learning how could I grow like like yeah yeah, this honoring the situation so like if it's a hard time and that's where I turn to my journal even more and and collect Mm -hmm. with my breath is when I'm really like going through the struggles and the muck and going okay but I know there's light because I always find the light in the darkness like that's my mission so really sitting down and honoring like this feels horrible like I do not like feeling this way but Mm -hmm. I'm allowing myself and holding the space to allow it to be heard and felt and seen instead of repressing mm-hmm. it, like I would in my childhood of this doesn't feel good. We're going to push it away or we're going to just bottle it up um, thinking that it disappears, mm-hmm. but it doesn't. And that's mm-hmm. where you get the physical symptoms is because you're just bottling it up into different areas of your yeah. body and storing it in yeah. and yeah. just allowing yourself to say, okay, this doesn't feel good. And maybe that's what the journal says. Like today really sucked. I feel yeah. horrible. Like, like yeah. I don't even know where I want to go. My next steps and like going through. And I find like, as I write that, the confusion starts lifting and then the clarity mm. starts kicking in because I gave myself mm-hmm. the room to feel yes. and express what I needed in that moment. Yeah. Because emotions and, and that is temporary. So you allowed that wave to go through. So then mm-hmm. the, the waters could calm again. And you're like, oh, okay. I needed that. Now I feel a lot better, a lot clearer. Now I can see my next steps. Mm-hmm. But when mm-hmm. you're trying to walk in a blizzard and you, it's blowing, like you can't, mm-hmm. you can't see your next steps until you calm, you find the calm in the storm so you can move forward. Yes, absolutely. Like that's how I used to describe when I was in the storm of my life, I described it as I was in a boat and it was a horrible storm. And I'm out there with the oars <laughs> trying to row out of a storm to get to land, like, and frantic and not getting anywhere. You know, you're rowing and you're not moving yeah. and I'm and the storm's going and with I'm... you. So you're struggling yeah, even more. Absolutely. <laughs> And then what I had to do was I put my oars down. I went below deck, got into bed and just slept mm-hmm. and just slept out the storm. And then you wake up and then you come up to the, and you go, ah, then you can see the land and you just merrily row to shore. Like, you know, instead of fighting our storms to just let them be storms, like life is just going to throw that shit at you. And to actually transcend something, you need to fully let it in. Like you said, like yeah. the frequency, you let it in, it comes into you and it goes through you and then it comes out the other side of you and then you have clarity again. I think that that's one of the main things that I find in my clients when they come to me, they're like, I just don't know. I have no clarity. I don't know what I want. I don't know what I feel. Like I just don't know. And that's because they're trying to make decisions from the storm, but trying to repel the storm, trying to fight the storm. You know, you can't force nature. And I love, I love to reflect on nature as part of, of the inner journey, you know, in particular, there's this tree right outside my window and we've been living here now for five months. So I've been watching it for five months and I've actually been taking a picture of this tree every single day. I love that. And I've put it into this thing. It's so cool. But when we first moved in, this tree had no leaves on it. It was just all 
all branches. And now it's summertime now and it is just in full bloom, these beautiful green leaves. But just watching it go through its seasons, that tree, when it has no leaves, isn't trying to force itself to have leaves. Exactly. Like a tree a tree lets go of its leaves so that it can make it through the wintertime because it doesn't have the life force to keep feeding the leaves. So it lets them go, they become fertilizer for the earth, and then they come back into their bloom. Like we have to let ourselves be that as well. We we can't force our seasons. And when I reflect on my own journey, I was trying to force myself. For 25 years, I forced myself to be in summer where I was just go, 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 bloom, 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 flourish, flourish, flourish. And because I did that, life caught up with me, nature caught up with me and took me into a seven-year winter To because that's all of the winters I'd missed in 25 years. I'd missed seven years of winter. And so I had to have that winter. (laughs) And now I've come back into spring again. I feel like I'm in a spring season. And But just allowing that, and we can look at that, on a big scale, you can look at that in a day. You can look at it in your in your menstrual cycle. Yep. Like where are those seasons? Where are the ebbs and flows? And where can I let them in a little bit more? Where can on a day when I wake up and I feel real meh and I feel low energy and I feel low creativity, how can I just let that be? Yeah, you're probably Knowing in the winter. On that day absolutely. is the winter. Asking like yourself, that, what season am I in today? That's a great yeah. general prop to start with. Like it is. <laughs> but what am, what season am I in in this moment? Yeah. Or what season am I trying to force myself to be yeah. in? And why am I not in that? Like, I really had to learn that about my creativity. You know, I, I grew up thinking I wasn't a creative person. And I used to say that right up until my mid-20s. I'm not creative. And my husband, bless him again, he's so amazing. He's like, what are you talking about, Haley? You are so creative. And now I would identify as a creative. Like, mm-hmm. that's what I would actually identify as. But it was because I wasn't allowing my creative processes. So if the creativity wasn't there, if I sat down and I wanted to be creative and I couldn't think of anything, I'm not creative. Whereas now I'm like, if I sit down, the creativity is not there. I honor the shit out of that because that's the fertile ground. The numbness, the nothingness Mm -hmm. is actually the fertile ground that creativity grows from. You've just got to hold space for it. So I go, well... I'm feeling real numb and there's nothing that means there's something amazing brewing. And so I just leave it. It's the seeds germinating under the soil and they'll bloom when they're ready. I'm not going to try to dig them up. They're not going to survive. Absolutely. And sometimes I can be a little bit tries to make it stressful for me because the way that my business runs, it runs in months. And so I like, I create a whole new course every month. I create new meditations every month, that sort of stuff. So I've got like a 30 day window where I need to create something And sometimes I will be in that numbness for the first 20 days of the month. And then I go, I've got 10 days to create a whole course and a meditation and all of this, but I just trust it because I'm like, it wasn't there, (laughs) it wasn't meant to be. And then lo and behold, the idea drops in. I have this big surge of creative energy and it always gets created and it's always amazing. Whereas if I had forced myself into creativity, I would have created something that wasn't meant to be created. I would have burned myself out and I would be feeling just like, you know, whereas I just, I've learned to ride the waves of my own life. And, and because I do suffer with chronic illness, some of those waves are pretty gnarly. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but I just let them be because it was fighting them that, that made me feel Still love like... the, those moments, love them and honor them and say, okay, yeah. I'm here. Thank you for the reminder to slow down. Like that's, that's what you're telling. My body's telling me, I hear it. Like yeah. I, I didn't mean to push you. Please forgive yeah. me like that, like the connection back and like, like, all right, I, I will, I will learn from this and I will try again. Doesn't mean that I'm not going to do it again. Because it's a learning process, yeah. a learning curve. I, I will probably do it again, but I will do my best to try it's to like honor nurture. every yeah. every cycle. Yeah, yeah, that gentleness with ourselves and just like life doesn't have to be high energy and joy and creativity all of the time. And that was a hard truth for me to come to. Because I used to think that that's who I was and and what life looked like. And I realize now that if life was that all of the time, it would lose its potency and it becomes, you know, for example, like we live in New Zealand now, which is where my husband grew up. And the part of New Zealand we're in is beautiful. Like the scenery is breathtaking 
And for him, when he moved back after 13 years of being in Australia, when he moved back, he goes, I never knew how beautiful it was here because you get complacent. When because he lived here his whole life, it's just like, oh, yeah, cool. There's a huge mountain like out in the ocean. That's normal. Whereas that's what it can get like. If we were just enjoying creativity all the time, we'll just be like, so what? But when you actually have the ebbs and flows and you let it all in, you go, oh, like because that tree has no leaves in winter, when it has leaves in summer, I'm like, oh, my God, look at it. It's beautiful. It's it's the duality that gives it its potency. It's holding the full spectrum of the human emotions and the human experience. There is no joy without despair, and so we I have to honor both. You you have to you have to experience both to truly understand. If you've never mm-hmm. hit that sadness, that rock bottom, you will never fully feel the top of that joy, abundance, like like that, that over bliss feeling, if you've yeah. never understood the whole spectrum, you've got to see the other side to truly Absolutely. have that appreciation. Yeah. And, and you then come to a point in life where you can actually hold both at the same time. And I think to me, that's actually the ultimate human experience to have is when you can hold joy and despair simultaneously and and I've experienced that quite a bit in the last 12 months where I've had the highest of highs and the lowest of lows at the same time, whereas my life before would have been roller coaster, right? Like, whoo, it's high, boom, we've crashed. Oh, my God. Ugh. You know, like life was like that, whereas now it's like I can be in both places at the same time because I've expanded my capacity like we were talking about. I can hold space for not just all of myself but the whole human experience. And wow. when you hold both at the same time, it's it's the most enriching experience. And you go, like, you realize that, you know, I used to think that, okay, when I'm sad, I have to just be sad. When I'm happy, I'm just happy. And it's like, well, I can actually be sad and be joyful at the same time. And it's beautiful. And that mixture of emotions is is just breathtaking. Like there, there's nothing like mm. it to being able to truly experience both. It's not, it's like another layer of life. Yeah. It's what we came here to do. Like, you know, they say, they say that earth is one of like the, the hardest journeys. Like when you choose to come here and incarnate in a body on earth, you've chosen to have one of those, like, whoa, I'm going there. (laughs) It's it's a heavy energy here, right? Like it's heavy and we experience a lot of stuff here. And so I just like to remind myself whenever that hits, I'm like, I chose this. I came here to experience this. Am I just going to try and push it aside and avoid it? Or am I actually going to allow it in and allow it to transform me? Because that's what it wants to do. Like it's part of our evolution as this human race. Evolution happens through creative expression. It happens through holding space for our fear because we crack open that new level of our DNA. We crack open that new octave of who we are. And that's our evolutionary process. You know, it's a very emotional fear-based shadows and light-based evolution and it's it's our purpose right Mm -hmm. absolutely I'd resonate with all of that Uh, is there anything um that you want to leave the listeners with like any any advice any guidance any last bits um Mm. for them today I would just love to let you know that the relationship that you cultivate with yourself is the most worthy investment of your time that you will ever make here in your lifetime. There is nothing more worth your time. And you'll have a lot of important relationships and a lot of important commitments in your life that also deserve your time and your love and your attention, but nothing more so than yourself because every single part of your life will flow from that place. And so when you prioritize you first and you prioritize that relationship with you first, then you get to experience the true fruits of everything else. And then you actually get to be the biggest blessing to everyone around you because it's not about filling your cup up a quarter of the way and pouring it back out on others. The filling of the cup is just for you. 
everyone else gets your overflow. Like you're just going to be splashing people with your overflow as you go through life. And, and that's just what I would always remind you of. And it's, you're not just worth, like the, the journey's not just worth it, but you're worth it. Like you are worth climbing that mountain for you're worth journeying home to yourself for you are worth cultivating that relationship for um because that's your true service to the world like if if you want purpose you want service that's where it is that's what we came here to do and so um i just encourage everyone to to carve out that time and to start holding that space for themselves because it's it's the best thing that that you will ever do that you can do most beautiful medicine Thank you so much, Haley, for having the time and space and capacity to share your beautiful wisdom with everyone. It's such an honor to have you here today. Oh, and thank you so much for having me, Jackie. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Soul Revolution Tribe. If this message resonated with you, please support our mission by subscribing, leaving a review, and sharing your takeaways. You can follow me on IG at Grow With Jackie B and our podcast page at Soul Revolution Tribe. I would love it if you would share this podcast with your loved ones who are aligned with our vision of making the world a better place so we can grow and rise together. Don't forget to tune in next week for more soul conversations and soul medicine. Bye for now and see you back soon.